0: The really important thing is that it's by however a a church does it, and churches do it in different ways, what we are actually doing is saying, I'm committing myself to you. I'm committing myself to the Lord, and I'm committing myself to you. And that brings together two really important elements in the Christian life, our, our faith and trust in Christ and our life for Him, but also that we commit ourselves to all those in the fellowship. To whom he has committed himself, and so becoming a formal member of the church is very, very important. We have been walking through over the last um, a few weeks um, a, a series on church membership and, and what does it look like from a biblical standpoint. Um, I think oftentimes we come into church and um, there's kind of this mentality that. The church expects things from me, but I shouldn't expect anything from the church, and that's wrong, okay? And so this morning, um, we are going to unpack what are the expectations, not only from the church, but also from you as a church member, as it. As we see it in Scripture. So, so far we have talked about the importance of church membership. We've talked about the role of church membership, and then today we talk about the expectation of church membership. And so, um, we're going to be in Acts chapter two, um, starting in verse forty-two in just a, a few moments. But, um, I i want us to understand this i want us to understand kind of the expectation of of church membership and all of that is that um, the reality is for us as christians as believers who profess faith in christ and are following him is that christianity and our faith is is personal but it's not individualistic it's corporate okay It's a personal faith, but it's not something that we individually live. It is a corporate thing in which we together do, okay? Uh, We see letters written to bodies of believers, churches, okay? It's It's a plural thing. These letters are written to these churches, this group of people, helping them in understanding what does it look like to grow together? What does it look like to connect? What does it look like to serve? Okay, and and so so we see this playing out in Acts chapter 2. And um, our aim is this this morning. The expectation of church membership is for the believer to connect, grow, and serve in order to thrive. I think we do the, 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 the former sometimes. We connect, grow, and serve. But we don't do it in such a way that we thrive. Because Christ came to give us life abundantly, not just life. Okay? And in order for us as believers to walk in these things and to thrive in these things, we have to practice them. We have to do them. Okay? Okay? And so in Acts chapter 2, our context this morning is this, is that Peter has preached at Pentecost, okay? Uh, The Holy Spirit has come upon the disciples and the apostles, and and here we go, and Peter preaches this incredible sermon, and everyone there has heard it in their own language, and the Bible tells us that 3,000 came to know Jesus. That's a pretty large number. Okay? 3,000 people come to know Jesus, and the church is born. That's fulfilling the promise that Christ had told Peter. On you, Peter, I will build my church. Right? And so here we are. And so now what is the church going to do? How do they then begin to grow? How do they begin to connect with one another? And how do they begin to serve? Right? they got to have a diet. they got to be doing some things in order for this to take place, right? And so this morning, as we walk through Acts chapter 2, we are going to, to communicate to you the expectation from you as a church member of what it looks like for you to connect. Clint's going to unpack that, and then I'm going to come back up, and we're gonna, I'm going to unpack what does it look like for you to grow, And then Ricky's going to come up and he's going to talk to you about what does it look like? What is the expectation for you to serve? Now, all of that, in all of this, you're going to hear how the church provides that. The expectation upon the church is to provide that for you as a believer to connect, to grow, and to serve. It's a two-way street, right? You can't just, we can't expect you Okay, the, the church, corporately, we can't expect each other to, to connect, grow, and serve if we don't provide those opportunities for you to do that. And so you're going to hear that this morning. What does it look like for you? What is the expectation as a believer, as a church member, for you to connect, to grow, and to serve? Clint?
1: Yes. So, if you would, if you're not already there... Turn there. To Acts 2, starting in verse 42. And if you get there, you can just say word. Sporadic word. All right, cool. Verse 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together together. ...and had all things in common. So I want to, to go back to that first verse, verse 42. I'm going to focus in on a, three major points he says. That the believers fellowshipped, they devoted themselves to the breaking of bread, and to the prayers. Right? So, first of all, that word for fellowship that is being used is in the Greek, it's koinonia. And... Some of you guys are like, yeah, absolutely. I knew that since I woke up this morning. Uh, but here's the cool thing. So that word, it it means it's, it's the intentional gathering. It means to gather, right? But this is what that fellowship is exactly. It, and it's going to be on the screen. But fellowship is the intimate and intentional gathering of believers in the name of Jesus Christ for the glory of Christ. For one another, and for the lost. I want to say that again. Fellowship, our fellowship, our connection to one another is the intimate and intentional gathering of believers in the name of Jesus Christ for His glory, for one another, and for the lost. That that is why we gather. And listen, it is a response. In the it, earlier, it says it is a response to the hearing of the gospel. To hearing who Christ is. That he's the Savior of the world. As a response, we gather together for that reason. It right? says so that they, they dedicated to the breaking of bread. Right? So for if you don't know, which you probably don't, because why would you know ancient Jewish culture? That would be kind of weird if you knew that. But, so the Jews, when they would break bread, they would recline at a table. And what, what happens when you're breaking bread? You get to know somebody. Right? If you eat with somebody, it is a it is a familiar experience where we get to sit and talk and eat and and, and dive into just life together, right? Because it would be really awkward if we just sat and ate and just did not talk to the person that we invited out to dinner. That would be weird, right? No, not for, not for Ricky. <laughs> that would be weird for me. But it was intentional time that they spent together. You get to live life together when you're eating together, and I love this. And they goes it goes and to the prayers. And so what's funny is this is about that word prayer, right? In the Greek, it's 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 in a middle voice usually, but this is used as a noun sense. And so when something's happening in the middle voice, what it means is that you're actively doing something, but you passively receive benefit from it. And all three of those things. that way when we gather together we actively and intentionally meet with one another we intentionally get to know one another and be a part of each other's lives and then what do we do we receive benefit from that right we're not alone it's a restorative process for us to be together Right? When we eat, we actively eat, because it would be weird if you were passively eating. But you actively eat, and then you receive the benefit. The nutrients of that food is in the benefit of it. And when you pray, you actively pray, and you receive the benefit from it. All those things together in this reason. So look, there's, there's two points I want to break down from this, right? There's two active points in, in how we connect and what that means. right? The first point is, is, is for us. Right, that we re- that we receive the benefit of gathering together, and so look. If you don't know, there is uh, so many ways that you can get connected to this church. I mean, so I, I'm going to break it down today, here, at 10:45 every Sunday, not just today. Maybe weird if it was just today. Every Sunday, we gather together at 10:45 for worship and the opening of God's Word. An hour and 15 minutes before this, 9:30. We gather in small groups to get connected in that place. Sunday nights, women's Bible study, and the office at five o'clock, you get together. This is your chance to connect. Monday mornings, women's Bible study, you get to connect. Wednesday, oh Tuesdays, oh my gosh! John Spencer has a Bible study at his house, by the way, on Tuesdays. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and plug that for him. Uh, You get together for men to get together on Tuesdays and gather. Wednesdays, listen, Wednesdays are chock full of stuff. Youth gather. Children gather. By the way, let's not neglect that, that the children get a time to connect with one another and the gospel right now going on across the parking lot, right? Children meet. There's a prayer group that meets. There is iron to iron on Wednesdays. There is deeper discipleship on Wednesdays to connect with one another. That communion with believers together is is all going on. And Thursdays, I I think there's another women's Bible study that's going on as well. So you have five days a week that you can come and get connected. And so the other part of that is this, though. It's for the lost. May our fellowship be attractive to the unbeliever. That when we get together, people look at us and go, what have they got going on? I want a piece of that. Because the way that they're together, the way that they love each other, the way they dedicate time to each other, the way they they intentionally live out life together is attractive and it's different from the rest of the world. They're not isolationists. They're in love with God and they love one another. That it is attractive to the unbeliever to want to come here. And what are we doing to connect someone to this place? What are we doing? We're connected with one another, but it's not just about connecting with one another. It's about connecting unbelievers to the gospel, to Jesus Christ. And that is important here. Brady's going to handle growth right now.
0: All right. Thank you, Clint. All right. So here we go. So you you see how the early church connected with one another now we talk about what does it look like for us to grow right we are all um uh, living out a story right each and every one of us we're all living out a story we kind of have a, a story from 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 the time that we were have memories until now we can tell stories about how our life works right well the church is that we are an eclectic group of people right we all look different, we all kind of sound different, we all have different things about us, and all of our stories are different, right? But we're all collectively, as believers, from, from the moment that we step into a relationship with Christ to the moment that we see him again, whether he, whether, whether he returns or, or he calls us home, all of this time is a story that's being played out and we are to be growing to look more like him. That's, that's the, the, the process of sanctification. That our faith is being worked out. We are sanctified in this moment, but then our faith is being worked out and in us to look more like him. And that's what growth is. My um, Colman Ford, uh, my doctoral supervisor, defines spiritual formation or growth in this way. Spiritual formation is the lifelong process of image-bearers called by the goodness of God, shaped by the truth of God, to behold the beauty of God. Okay? So I want you to see how, how this right here, how he defines it, plays out in Acts chapter 2. Watch this, right? So, so spiritual formation is the lifelong process of image-bearers called by the goodness of God. What has just happened? Peter's preached a sermon to image bearers. Did you know that that, that Genesis tells each and every one of us we are created in what? The image of God. You're an image bearer. Whether you stepped in a relationship or not, you are an image bearer of God. But image bearers, the lifelong process of image-bearers called by the goodness of God. What has just happened in Acts chapter 2 is the gospel has been preached. They've heard the goodness, the provision, the salvation of God, and they've stepped into relationship with him. They've been called by the goodness of God. But then watch what they do. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And they've devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship. Right, Clint just addressed the, the fellowship, but I'm going to address the teaching. They, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. And listen, this wasn't this word devoted. We struggle with this, right? Here's what's going on. The early church had come to know Jesus, and now they've devoted all of their time. They've devoted themselves to hearing God's word proclaimed to the studying of God's Word. It wasn't if I have time. It wasn't if, if my schedule allows this week. It wasn't if I'm not tired this week. Right? Anybody familiar with those excuses? Come on, church. Right? We all are, aren't we? Right? None of us up here, none of your staff is 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 uh, immune to getting up on a Sunday morning and going, oh man, I'm so tired. Like none of us are immune to that. We all have those feelings, right? But here's what's going on in the early church. They've been so marked by the gospel that they say, man, we want to know all that he has to give us. We want to know all that he wants to shape us and tell us about his word. And so guess what they did? They devoted themselves. They said, this will be priority. But listen, watch what they do. Watch what they do. I want you to jump down. Verse 46. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. Okay, so so here's what they did. They gathered together corporately in the temple which we are doing now and they gathered together in their homes in small gatherings and broke bread together it's not an either or it's not an either or it's not either I go to corporate and don't go to small group Or I go to small group and don't go to corporate. The early church said, we're going to do both because it's important. So we gather in small group to get connected. We come in here and get connected together. We're shaped by the truth of God's word. Look, we provide opportunity after opportunity. The expectation of the church is that we provide those times. Right? Sunday mornings, Clint talked about it. 9:30. you have an opportunity to come in in small groups. We have got some phenomenal teachers who unpack God's word for you every single Sunday. Find a small group. Find a small group. If you don't know where to start come talk to me. I will get you plugged in somewhere. Come talk to any of our staff. We will get you plugged in somewhere. 9 30 we unpack God's word together. We come in here. We unpack God's word together. On Sunday nights, our women unpack God's word together. On Monday mornings, our women unpack God's word together. You get the drift here? On Wednesday nights, I'm going to make a plug here. On Wednesday nights, we're walking through the Old Testament. We just finished the book of Ruth, and we learned about the kinsman redeemer, didn't we, Susan? Right? And the beautiful story that is the book of Ruth and and God's sovereignty and his plan. Routinely on Wednesday nights, and and I know some of you are are busy serving and, and Ricky's gonna talk about that, but routinely on Wednesday nights, there's eight of us. They devoted themselves to the truth of God's word ouch preacher yeah you're right i'm gonna say it this morning why don't we find it a priority to be where god's word's being taught if you're serving you're off the hook we appreciate that but i'm just asking legitimate question if you're in another bible study good i'm super thrilled right but why do we do that you know why because we let things take priority over the importance of God's Word. Right? Don't we? How many of you, your schedules all get in the way of so much of your life? Come on, you're lying. Right? We do, don't we? I'm just telling you, that's the reality of our lives. We get caught up in like, man, I gotta do this. Wednesday night, we make plans. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to church. I'm gonna, I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna, man, I'm excited. I'm gonna go serve. I'm gonna do this and what happens monday something happens or tuesday something happens or wednesday your day is just crazy how many of you've ever had a day on wednesday like you woke up it's going to be a good day and one thing after another happened and you were just ready to be home right that's all of us right but but look look what did they do they devoted themselves you think they didn't have bad days they were walking around barefooted. Like, come on. Let's be honest here. Right? But they devoted themselves not only to the corporate gathering, but they devoted themselves to the small group gathering, all surrounded around the teaching and preaching of God's word. But then I want you to see this, right? <clears throat> to behold the beauty of God. Look what they do. Clint read it in verse 43 and awe came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. This word awe here is, is the Greek word for fear. But it's not like a, oh, not like Halloween fear, okay? It's a healthy, reverent awe of who God is, right? right? So, so here's how this does for us. The older we get, the more mature we get, the more we grow In our faith and the understanding of God's word, but also just who he is and his character and his nature, the more in awe of him we become. The more in, in, in just in love with him we become. Look, the more that I understand and know about God, the less I know and understand about God. Because there's beauty in his majesty. He gets bigger and grander the more that I learn. Because oftentimes we put God in this small little thing and that's got to be the definition of Him. But then when I learn more about Him, it grows. And then I learn a little bit more and it grows. And He gets bigger and bigger and I get smaller and smaller and I become more and more in awe and astounded that He loves me and that he considers me. Look, the the practical way for this is that when you connect with someone and you're connected in small groups and you're praying for them and you know what's going on in someone's life, when you come in here, Ricky mentioned it last week, when you come into this place and you're standing next to them and you're singing a song, and you and you begin to sing lyrics and you know that those lyrics not only encourage your heart, but you look next to the person that you're walking through life with and you go, oh. like I'm sitting there singing this morning and we're singing. I'm gonna cry. I knew it. I was trying not to. Sorry, Mike. Look here, I'm standing there singing this morning. We're singing about him. Mean, he is the same God. And I can't help Brian Bailey. Where are you? He's in here somewhere. He was. Brian... Brian's walking through some things right now. He's he's, he's waiting on a cancer diagnosis. And and we were visiting this morning. I know what he's going through. And I'm sitting there and all I hear is, you were a healer then and you're a healer now. That changes how my heart responds and beholds the beauty of God. I sit there and I, I, I sing about the faithfulness of God and His goodness, and I think about the Neil family and how much they trust His faithfulness and His goodness in this moment. And it changes how I respond and behold the beauty of God. You want to grow in your faith? Get connected, get plugged in learn about how good and awesome and kind and gracious God is because he is Ricky come talk to us about how to serve
2: they put me up against noon so I'm sorry but hang tight with me for just a minute um the third point is serve um I think it's a natural next step. We've connected to the church. We begin to grow as as a body of believers. But the next thing should be as we grow that we should want to serve. And there's evidence of that just in these verses. So we're going to read verses 45 through 47 together. It says this. They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts praising god and having favor with all the people and the lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved so as brady set us up at the beginning um 3000 people have been saved the church has started and there are people all over the place if you think about it the what's happening here is the feast of pentecost has begun and a lot of people have moved into town to celebrate together families, friends, and there, there are a lot of Jews in town that are not normally here. Many of them now have become Christians. They don't want to go home. There's a palp- palpable feeling in the air. It's like a revival in many ways. They don't want to go. The problem with that is they have nothing with them but what they brought for a short trip for the feast at Pentecost. They have nothing. The people who live there, they say, okay, we want to continue to gather together, so we're going to help them. We're going to give them food, shelter, clothing. Some people sold land so that they had money to help provide. The, the Christians were gathering around one another and serving one another in a very real and tangible way. Because if they didn't, there's, I mean, people would have to leave. They wouldn't have had any choice. They did not have anything with them. But probably the clothes and a few things that they brought with them for the trip. They didn't want to go. Here's the thing. The Christians in that first church—it was—it was a vibrant, dynamic, personal um, beginning with God. Each of them had been saved as a result of the preaching of of God's word and the gospel being shared with them. But here's the thing: it's also a corporate issue. As each of us come into the church, Brady's alluded to several people, church family here in our in our church, that we've been praying for things going on that we we as a church come alongside them because they are in need even if it's as simple as prayer it's a corporate issue as well as we connect to the church and as we grow we need to serve together and the first step is just doing life together just being there for one another that they didn't have to choose between being a church going hard after God and just being a church that dedicates to the needs of others they did both and they did it all together um, I said this last week, Christianity does not isolate believers to focus exclusively on our relationship with God. It's also out of that an overflow to how we serve one another. Um, I want to read this these couple verses. They put quotes on the screen. I'm just going to read scripture. Um, it says this, 1 Peter 4, verses 10 and 11. I think I've got it. Yeah. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. In order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Here's the deal. There's something that you bring to the church that only you bring to the church. He gifts each of us with certain things that you provide as a ministry just as a personal gifting from God that if you don't provide it, where else is it going to come from? We serve our church in each of us unique, very unique, different ways, but just being here in the room and praying together, worshiping together, having conversations together, and letting that overflow to serving in different areas of the church, that is something that only you can provide. So to say that we serve together is a very it's a very important thing because I think the church is lacking when we don't. In fact, a lot of times we expect these various ministry things to happen, but we expect to go and show up and be provided for us. Um and it doesn't happen without you. It, the ministry of the church doesn't happen without you. Um the other cool thing about this is their actions as a church, serving one another, became appealing to those who weren't a part of the church. They started to gain favor. It says they started to gain favor with the people. Everyone noticed what was going on, and they wanted to, to, to see what was happening. They wanted to be a part of that even, maybe. The actions of the church caught on to the people around them. So that's a huge thing that I would encourage us with as well. Here's, here's what I want to say. I'm not going to go through the laundry list of ministries because... It's been mentioned, but I just want to say this. Just as you can go to Bible study or you can send your kids to kids' church at 1130 or whatever, what certain time during service, you can also serve in those areas. If you ask Christine, Fall Festival went great yesterday, but if you ask Christine, I'm sure she would say we could always use more help. If you ask her, I'm sure that there is a time during the small group hour where we could always use another person just wrangling kids while somebody tries to teach them. It's just necessary to have people helping. Clint serves and leads a student ministry that ranges from 6th grade to 12th grade. And you can't tell me that the 6th graders experience the same thing the 12th graders do. They all need someone to be pouring into them. And believe it or not, some of you maybe not quite as recently, but we all used to be that age. Brady, not quite as recently. But we've all been that age, and we all need someone to pour into them just like they poured into us. So to serve in that way is important. There's Bible studies and small groups. As this church grows, we're going to need more small groups, and we would love to train you and disciple you so that you can be a leader if that's what happens and if that's what's necessary. It, it's time for us to step up, I would say. The, other, the only other mission, I ministry I need to mention is missions. There's, Billy does a great job of making sure we always have something to do as a church in missions. Just the end of this month, they're going to Cuesta, and they're going to serve River Community Church in Cuesta with a, their own fall festival. They have, we're going to Beautiful Feet next month. We're going to be serving at UTA, uh, serving food to international students, I believe, serving students at UTA. Um, there's things to be doing. So jump in. Don't just, don't just encourage from afar. Don't just show up on Sunday mornings and clap when a video talks about missions. Get involved. Do something. Okay? Um, just to close it up. This, this, these three points really are a discipleship process. We connect to the church, and because we've started to connect, we begin to grow. We plug into a small group. We do Bible studies. Out of that, is, out of that overflow of growing is our service to the church, that's the discipleship process. But it's not the end of the process. In fact, it's really the beginning of the process for the next person that you've connected to the church, that you've seen grow and you've poured into, and they begin to serve. And then hopefully they connect someone to the church, and it becomes this big cycle. right? And that's how the church grows. That's how the church uh, succeeds, if you want to look at it that way. And then verse 47 is the proof of it. The Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. That happened because of the effectiveness of their connecting together, growing together, and serving together. This is the Lord using each of us as members of Oak Grove to see our church grow spiritually, theologically, numerically, and joyfully under the Lord. Not to mention, and this is the important part, seeing the kingdom of God grow as well. So plug in. Don't just go to Bible study, but if you can find a way to serve, now's the time to do it. We always need your help.
0: All right, so now you've heard the expectation of church membership here at Oak Grove. The expectation is that you connect, the expectation is that you grow, and the expectation is that you serve. Now, do it. It's that simple. Like, hey, I don't, I don't, I don't know where to start. Come find one of us. We are more than happy to connect you, to help you grow, to help you find a place to serve. That's how we do this Together this is never meant for a staff just to do. This was meant for all of us corporately together to do it. So let's do it, church. let's do it. Let's pray. Father thank you for your word this morning. You got to pray that you would um, just encourage us and challenge us, Father, even even when we don't like to be uncomfortable, God, put us in uncomfortable places because that's where we grow. So Father, let us be uncomfortable. But let us take joy in serving you who is our King. Connecting others to Jesus. Father, we we love you. We are thankful for who you are and what you have done and what you continue to do. that you are the same God yesterday as you are today and will be tomorrow. And we can stand on that faithfulness. And we love you. It's in your mighty and precious name that we pray. Amen.